Take the Bible to John chapter 9, 1 through 12. And we'll be going, we'll be going John chapter 9, 1 through 12. We'll also be going to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10. You that like to look ahead, and we're going to go 10 through 14 there. Uh, I want to talk to you and under the title of Go to Your Pool of Siloam. Go to your pool of Siloam. I'll show you where I get the title as we read down from verses 1 through 11. Jesus passed by. Well, that sounds like a song. I could stop there and we'd talk. And when Jesus passed by, everything changes. Jesus passed by and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? These, these old boys must have been independent fundamental Baptists. Master, who did sin? This man. Now, the peculiarity of that question was, if you're born blind, and they ask if he sinned, that means he had to sin before he was born. Or he was born in sin. I mean, one way or another, you're going to have to take it that way. Interesting theological question. Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I have to believe a lot of the problems, testings, troubles that we experience in this life, and, and we have a whole host of hard things that come on people, um, are so that the works of God could be made manifest in us. The question is, will you understand that and make the best of it? I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. This is a statement that there is an end of opportunity. In other words, opportunity is someday going to end. Well, if you grab that and go home, it'll change your life. We have this opportunity right now to shine. And if we let this opportunity pass, that opportunity will end. As long as I, as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. I've read lots of commentaries on this. I never have read that one of the theories that I have of what happened here. Dr. Ann Livingston's a medical doctor, also a surgeon. She's been down in Haiti now for over 30 years, giving her life to poor people as a surgeon. American Board of Surgeon qualified, recognized, and tested. She could have been here making a quarter million dollars a year or more. She's in Haiti living just subsistence living taking care of thousands and thousands of people. And uh, I, I talked to her about this, and I said to her, I have a theory on this. I want you to run it by as a doctor. She says, what? I said, I believe this man was born without eyes. I think it was so absolute that he would never see, that nobody even ever gave it a thought that he would see. Now, if you had eyes, you... You may look at somebody and say, well, they already had the eyes, but what, what, what if this man never had eyes? 
What if he, and, there, and that happens. There's, there's, there's people born without eyes. And Jesus, when he spat in the ground, the God of all that is, his spit in the earth. And he put that together. And he anointed the eyes of the man born blind with clay. What if he gave that man new eyes from scratch? And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. You need to underline that. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, is not this he that sat and begged? Because if you were born blind in that society or couldn't hear or had any kind of handicap, you were going to be desperately poor. And some said, this is he. Others said he's like him, but he said, I am he. This reinforces my interpretation. He had no eyes because when he had eyes, he looked so different that they looked at him and says, is this he or not? They questioned whether this was him or not. Therefore said they unto him, how were thine eyes open? And he answered and said, A man is, that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes. And he said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. This is where the title comes from. Go to your pool of Siloam and wash. And I like what he said. I went and washed. And I received my sight. There's a pattern. There's a formula right there. He listened, he believed, he went, he washed, he received his sight. I believe that formula works its way out in every one of the everyone that's ever born again from above. We appropriate by faith the finished work of God in our lives. I believe that most of the tragedies of Christians today uh, are from unbelief. I would, I, I mean, I believe the the underlying reason for sin in a Christian's life is unbelief. It was the reason Eve took the fruit. She didn't believe what God said, what He told her. It's the reason for so many. When God tells you these things that we've been told in the Bible and you say, well, is that really so or not? Unbelief. And we go ahead and do it. It's not because of the lack of tools that, that we fail. If we fail, it's not because of God's shorted us on tools. Uh, we have the printed Bible. I'm talking about right now. We have the printed Bible. And, and, and man, I mean, you can get a Bible cheap, free. You, you, you have available to you a local fundamental soul-winning, God-fearing, devil-fighting, Bible-preaching, orphan and widow-helping local church. You have, if you, if you, can, you can purchase them, you have uh, the Bible on TV. Literally, the Bible, you can put it on your big screen TV if you got one, and you can look at the Bible right in the front of you. They have, uh, there's, some, there's some good, still, some good radio Bible programs and teachings. There's still some good Bible magazines that teach the Word of God. We have access to good gospel tracts 
almost of every subject imaginable. Uh, we have positive peer pressure of people in the past that have lived for Christ and ended well and exercised the promises of God. And we have people that we're living with right now that are ahead of us and have lived for God and gone through trials and tribulations and trusted the Bible and believed God. And you've seen the fruit of belief in their life. You have positive peer pressure. You have a friendly government. Now, we have a friendly government who's, who's for freedom of religion and for, and they're not against us going door to door and passing gospel tracts out. Not against us proselyting and telling other people. You know, there's, a, there's somebody introduced a bill this week that says that you cannot tell the churches and psychologists cannot tell homosexuals that they're in sin because it would hurt their feelings. I told you, had Hillary been in, trust me, she would have buckled up with those people. But our guy's not going to do that. They have, we have a Bible computers. Man, I love Bible computers. Some of you right now, I hope, are not playing video games or watching Fox News, but are actually at your old King James Bible in your phone. I had people, when you first started having the Bible on a phone, there's people, in fact, it was Mr. Fransky. Uh, Bob was one of the first people in our church to have the electronic Bible. And he came in here. And my, some of my good members come in here and said, I don't know if you know this or not, but that guy with the white hair, he's playing video games while you're preaching. God bless him. God bless his soul. Told on him. I went to him. I said, now, brother, what's going on with the phone over there? He's an accountant. You never know what they're going to do. There's never been a time, I'll say this with confidence, there's never been a time a Christian has more reason to succeed than now. And yet, is that what we're seeing? Is that what you're seeing? No, we're seeing failures. We're seeing people that have all these advantages and more that are not mentioned failing. Tragedies, which, to be honest with you, sets a mystery up. Why would they fail having all these things that are for them? All these support groups, all these, this whole list I mentioned more, supporting you up, propagating you, pushing you to the light. I believe it can be answered by the truth in this passage. The blind man was told by Jesus that he was healed. He spit in the ground. He anointed. He, God did his part. God did his part. He spit on the ground. He made a, a, a clay. He put it on his eyes. He, God did his part. And by the way, God's done everything he could do and wanted to do and should do to have you succeed spiritually. God's done his part. Now do your part. Go to the pool of Siloam. He obeyed in sheer, simple, childlike faith. He walked to the pool of Siloam, still not receiving 
what had been done. But he walked in faith, believing that if, if this man said it, it was going to happen. And he in faith got up and he began to walk. And this is not the first time that God asked somebody to exercise some faith to receive that which has already been done. Take your Bibles, if I mention to you, the 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 10. There was a man named Naaman and a prophet named Elisha. Naaman was a big shot, a leader, a big shot, and uh, like a general, five-star general. And he had leprosy. And leprosy, I've never had it. I don't want it. I have had scaly mochus. Are you in the back there? Did you hear that? Raise your hand if you heard it. Scaly mochus. I have had it. I got it right now. It's out of my head. I'm going in a couple weeks and have it burn off. But I have not had, so far as I know, leprosy. But leprosy is a bacteria that I believe it eats your flesh. It's a, it's a flesh-eating bacteria. And it will eat your fingers off, your extremities. It'll eat the end of your nose off. It'll eat the ear, the cartilage of your ears off. It's a slow way to go. It's a nasty way to go. It's a smelly way to go. And nobody wants to be around you. So not only is there physical consequences of leprosy, there is more emotional consequences of leprosy that nobody likes you. Everybody hates you. Nobody wants to be around you. When they come around you, they hold their nose because you stink. They reject you. And I don't know about you, but mental pain is worse than physical pain. I've had physical pain. But mental pain seems to be deeper, longer, lasting, harsher than the physical pain even can get. And so this Naaman was a big shot. He should have been respected. He should have been looked up to. But he was looked down on because he had his horrible leprosy. But you heard about this guy, Elisha, and we enter into him going to Elisha. And, and he went to Elisha. Elisha didn't even go outside to meet him. Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying to this big shot, go and wash in the Jordan, that's a river, seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. And Naaman was wroth. He was furious and went away and said, behold, I thought, he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the, and recover the leper. Are not Abana and, and uh, Parfar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? And so he turned away in a rage. He had one thing, don't make a mistake with God and have false expectations of the way God's supposed to work. Don't start telling God how he has to work in your life. Boy, don't make that mistake. Well, if God was really the way he said he was, he would do this. Who are you to tell God how he's supposed to function? But this Naaman, oh man, thank God for people that'll come up to you when you're doing something stupid, amen? Your husband said, what? When you want to do something crazy, your wife's there to go, now, honey, 
Now, honey, we're broke. You don't need that new boat. Well, let's go on. Verse 13. His servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, Go to the Jordan River, wash and be clean. And what did he do? Woo, praise the Lord. He went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan. Now imagine him doing this. One time he comes up, still got the leprosy. Two times comes up, still got the leprosy. Three times comes up, still got the leprosy. He figures by the third or fourth time he's thinking, I'm going to be the laughing stock of the, my servants, and everybody knows me. He goes down number five. He goes down number six. Nothing's happened. He goes down number seven. Ooh. And look what it says there. According to the saying of the man of God, he did what he said he was doing. His flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Now, you know a little child, don't you? All you women like to take them little child and go, doo -doo 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 -doo. I like to take a little kid's fat old cheeks and just go, it, uh, the, the skin on a baby is supple. It is the best it's ever going to be. And really, I hate to depress you today, but from the baby to, to death, it goes down. And, and it's like my dad, when I bought a new car one time, I was so happy with that thing. It was just all shined up. He said, son, don't get too happy. From today on, it's going to get worse. And you got the flesh of a little child. God asks us to be part of this process. God has provided salvation for you today in Jesus Christ. He has finished the work. He has sealed him as the one. Of all those who said they were the Christ, Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. He's been sealed by the Father. He was the one accepted. His blood was enough. All the sin of everybody that's ever taken a breath has been propitiated, been covered, been been completely washed away, the work has been done. Except for one thing. They got to go to the pool of Siloam. You got to say yes. You got to admit you're a sinner. Simply agree with God and believe Him. Isn't it all about belief? If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That takes an act of belief. This old blind man got mud put in his eyes, rubbed around his face, couldn't see what was going on, didn't see the one did it. He said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. In other words, appropriate faith. He got up. He began to walk. I like where the Bible says we're workers together with God. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 says one. We then as workers together with him beseech you that we also receive not the grace of God in vain. We're considered joint heirs with Christ in Romans chapter 8 verse 17. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. God has provided what we need to succeed, but you and I need to appropriate it by faith. It doesn't have to be big faith, just childlike faith. Appropriate it. Say, I accept it. 
I receive it as mine. This blind man had been a recipient of a promise, and he partnered together with God in the healing process. I think if he would have ignored what Jesus said, do you think he'd have been, you think his eyes would have ever been restored? Jesus said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. Each one of us has our own pool of Siloam to go to by faith. And by the way, the way is fraught with trouble. You think about the blind man. Here he is, begging. He's been there a while. He, you know, he's, he's, he's destitute. He is the off-scouring of humanity in their society for sure. He, he probably uh, is not well taken care of. He is, he's just asking for a little money to, to have food that day or maybe something to be given to him. Jesus comes along, spits on the ground, puts this wet spittle with mud on his eyes and is told to go to the pool of Siloam. Now, he knew where the pool of I've been to the pool of Siloam. What a, what a trip that is. When you go to the pool of Siloam, there's still water there. You bend over and you slap it on your face. Everybody needs to do that. And you slap it on your face. And I thought of the blind man slapping that on his face. But think about where he was to the pool of Siloam. Have you ever tried to walk anywhere when you're blind? Uh, he must. It must have seen. I mean, imagine the trouble, that the frustration. Unless somebody grabbed him by the arm and led him there, which doesn't indicate it did or didn't. So I'm, I'm. I can speculate. I suppose that if he didn't have anybody to help him, it was he had to follow the wall. I mean, he knew the town. He had to follow the walls. Bumping into people, could you help me? I don't know. But somehow, the way to Siloam was not an easy way, but he made it. Got down to the water, put his hands in there, threw a big old thing of water up in his face, and maybe threw two or three, and all of a sudden, imagine the shock. I watched it on YouTube. People can get a cochlea implant that were stone deaf, and they are able to here, go to YouTube and type that in, and you'll see their reaction the first time they ever hear sound. A baby, they got babies, they got other kids of different ages, the first time they ever hear sound, the babies go, imagine that guy's eyes open and he's able to see. And by the way, he didn't need these. Man, he was given 20, 20, but better. First time he saw color, first time he saw people, he had heard people, he had felt people, he had seen people. No, he hadn't seen people. By the way, all the way to the pool of Siloam, he was declared healed. Jesus had done everything he was going to do. Jesus Christ prepared salvation for you this morning. Have you appropriated it? Jesus Christ has prepared your sanctification. Have you appropriated it? By faith? Do you reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord? Romans 6, 11. In principle, you are empowered. He says, 
You should be witnesses unto me. You should receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 1.8. God says the power of the Holy Ghost is given to you born again believers. Now appropriate it. Go to the pool of Siloam. Go into the, go in Judea. Go in Samaria. Go to the uttermost part of the world. I've empowered you. I've done my part of this thing called salvation. I've done my part of this thing called sanctification. Now you go and do your part as a joint heir with me, as a co-worker with me. You go do your part and go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'll be behind the gospel. I'll build the church. And not the gates of very hell itself will not be able to stop it. Go to your pool of Siloam. One of our missionaries, I mentioned this in bus meeting, one of our missionaries, Nicole, 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 they're on the back. He was a young man, came here. He's a pilot in Papua New Guinea. Um, sweet wife, two kids. He went on some sort of errand and eight men broke in and he said in a letter, attempted to rape his wife in front of the two children. I don't think the details have all been revealed. He's in Papua New Guinea. God sent him there, no doubt in my mind, no doubt in his mind. That's his pool of Siloam. That's his pool. Will you appropriate what God has given you and do what he asks you to do? It may not be easy. It may be fraught with trouble even. But will you do it? Are you troubled today? Are you struggling today? Are you stumbling today? Are you discouraged today? Jesus has promised you life and life more abundantly. He's promised you peace. He said he's the God of peace and you'll receive the peace of God from him. He said, I'll give you a peace the world doesn't even know anything about. Do you have it? He says that he'll give you joy, and your joy won't be partial. Your joy can be full. Do you have it? Have you appropriated it? Jesus promised you this, these things and more. Do you have them? Are you on your way to the pool of Siloam? If you are, keep going. The blind man didn't quit, didn't give up. Now, let me ask you, if he just stopped short, I don't think he'd ever known who he was. He had never seen. He could have lived his life out without the beauty of sight. But he didn't. He kept going. He struggled through it. The beauty of vision, the freedom of vision, the prosperity of vision was his. Because he had simple childlike faith that motivated him to get up that motivated him to stumble, struggle, go past public opinion, go past negative peer pressure, and go to where God asked him to go and do what God asked him to do. Dear Christian, don't listen to the old energy wasters. Don't listen to them as they come by and try to tell you what you're doing. What's the point of that? I've had people come to me and say, well, are you really seeing anything happen? I said, I'm not doing this to see things happen. 
I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. I'm not doing this to have a big church. I'm doing this to see, do the right thing. I'm not doing this to, to have some sort of accolade of the world. I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. Are you? Because I want to appropriate what God has prepared for me and already finished for me. And then he says, go. Go do it. Amen. Go. I like the song the old girls used to sing in it. Tabernacle, farther on, still go farther. Count the milestones one by one. Jesus will forsake you never. It is better farther on. John 16, 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God doesn't promise us an easy walk, a cakewalk, a comfort walk. He promises us His power. He promises us that He'll give us clear vision. The heartaches will seem small compared to the reward that is to come. The trials will seem few and, uh, and, and, and unobtrusive once we're on the other side. Once we get to where God asks us to go. By the way, where am I going? I'm going to the heaven. Heaven's the goal. And on the way there, he said, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But you'll never know that. There'll be so many people that, that are saved, but they never followed on. They never appropriated the power, appropriated the, 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 the good things God had folded up for them because they wouldn't have simple childlike faith and walk on. Don't let anything take you off of God's ministry. Don't you let anything take your hand off the plow that God's given you individually. If God calls you to a ministry, you stay with it till by the grace of God, He pulls your cold, dead fingers off of it. Because if you go to the pool of Siloam, you'll find Him there. And you'll come away seeing. I digress to say, you think the old blind man had a spell? You think the old blind man had a spell? Woo, donkeys. I would have loved to have been there. I would just have loved to have been there to see that old boy when he started looking around. I don't think he was like some old Episcopalian Presbyterian that were state and formal. I think he was like a wild Baptist I think that old boy started dancing around, started grabbing people and hugging them. And, and they'd say, you know what was crazy? He'd recognize their voice. But he'd never seen him. I bet he was disappointed. <laughs> you got a beautiful voice, but man, you ugly. <laughs> farther on, still go farther. Oh, may God help us to go to our pool of Siloam. Father, help us this morning. May we appropriate the finished works that you've given us. You've already paid for them. 
You've already empowered them. You already spit on the ground, made it, made, and out of your out of your spittle in the old earth, you've done something for us. You gave your life, you shed your blood, you paid for the sin that we committed. And here we are. What a shame it would be for anybody to go to hell and have to literally answer for their own sins. What a shame it would be to stand before the one who died for you, Jesus Christ, and have to say, I just didn't appropriate it by faith. I missed it because I didn't appropriate it. Why don't you this morning at this very moment say, I'm appropriating Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for me. By faith right now, I'm a sinner. I know it. And I know there's no amount of good work I'm ever going to be able to make God accept me because I'd have to be perfect and answer. that's long gone. But I appropriate what Jesus did for me on Calvary. I accept it as mine. Please save me. The Bible says to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, the children of God. And that receiving must be done by faith. Oh, why don't you say yes to Jesus? And then when you do that, Jesus said, if, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. See, once you've received the finished work, he wants you to get up and then appropriate by faith the sanctification and go and begin to tell others. Share what God has done for you. Don't keep it secret. And tell them I've trusted Christ by faith. Oh, some will laugh. Some will mock. Don't make any difference. Go to your pool of Siloam. Father, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.